Thank you, Miss Judy. Isn't she a blessing? <laughs> Faithful. I just have a couple of quick announcements, uh, and then Miss Pearson's going to introduce our guest. Number one, you know we are in the midst of our 21-day fast, and we are going today beyond that 14-day mark. So you now have two-thirds of the fast behind you and one-third ahead of you. <laughs> so we are in that final leg together this week, uh, and so tomorrow morning, for those that want to, the sanctuary will be open here from 8 to 9 for prayer. I'll be here leading that prayer time together. The last couple of Mondays have been awesome. You also know we've turned our Wednesday nights in the midst of this fast into a time of prayer. We are super blessed that this Wednesday, uh, the worship team from Chi Alpha at NC State is going to come and do live worship for us uh, while we have our night of prayer. And so we're excited to work with another ministry in our city that is impacting our campus for the Lord. Amen? Oh, come on. There are college students. We, we need them to impact our campuses for the Lord. Amen? Amen. Man, oh, thank, thank you. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> oh, then next Sunday is Sharon and I's installation service as your new pastors. <laughs> Yay, that's what, thank you. That's what I was looking for. So you know that service will be different um, because it is about us stepping in and being officially installed. Uh, and so then coming out of that service, we are going to share in the breaking of our fast with a corporate meal together. And I know some of you are really excited about that. <laughs> Like I was looking at the list of what people have signed up for, and there's a lot of people that signed up to bring a dessert. So I just kind of know where your heart is right now, and that's okay. <laughs> uh, but genuinely, we're unbelievably excited. Sharon and I have a number of friends uh, that are coming in from outside of the area, from Pennsylvania, from Florida, from other parts of North Carolina. Uh, you'll get to meet one of our spiritual uh, son and daughter that's actually in the States right now from Zanzibar. Uh, they are missionaries to the Muslim nation of, of Zanzibar, and they're going to be here with us as a part of that. And so it's going to be great because we're going to have a number of guests with us. So as you are leaving today, uh, please don't hesitate to sign up and look at the signups to see what you can bring uh, that will help and be a blessing in that family meal together after service next Sunday. And if you haven't stayed for one of our corporate meals, please plan next Sunday to stay uh, and share in that with us and those that are coming in to be here with us. Um, and then the last announcement uh, before I have Miss Pearson come. On the 14th, this year, Valentine's Day is on a Wednesday. And so I know for some of you, uh, that means you won't be with us on Wednesday night because you're going to be out on a hot date because that's how you celebrate Valentine's. <laughs> Totally okay with that. <laughs> but for those of you who are going to be with us, or for those of you that might not be sure what you want to do that night, on Valentine's night, on that Wednesday, we're gonna have a fun night together of fellowship. In the fellowship hall, we're gonna have dessert and coffee. Uh, and then we're gonna do some games with some dinner card giveaways so that then you can go uh, on a hot date <laughs> provided by the church. Um, and then we're gonna have... <laughs> Uh, just a fun time of like fielding questions and talking about relationships, about marriage. So you don't have to be married, 
uh, to come out that night, right? If you're single, if you're a widower, uh, you know, no matter where you are in life, please come out if you want and be a part in fellowship, in free dessert, uh, and in a time of watching. Some of the couples from our church slightly embarrass themselves by how little they know about their spouse, because we will find out <laughs> together on that night when we play some different games just how well some of our church members know their spouse. Uh, but it's going to be awesome to spend Valentine's together for those that can come out and be a part of that. Amen? Awesome. Well, you know, today uh, with us, uh, we are doing an honoring of life and the importance of life. And so I want to have Miss Pearson come, and she's going to introduce our guest uh, that's going to share for a few minutes this morning before I preach. And as she's coming up, I want you to know we are going to do an offering uh, for their ministry this morning. I'm going to do it at the end uh, because I want you to hear my heart on this issue. And then from there, we will close out our service in choosing to bless this ministry and what they're doing in our city. Amen? Awesome. Good morning. I'm Rebecca Pearson. I'm the liaison with Pregnancy Support Services in Bethel Christian Center. Today we have with us Tracy Schutte. Uh, she is the Interim Executive Director at Pregnancy Support Services. She counts it a great pleasure, a privilege, to lead the team of women who the Lord has called to serve at PSS right now. Tracy was born in Chicago, raised in Ohio, and went to college in Indiana. She has a Master's of Divinity from Gordon Cronwell Theological Seminary. Ever since she was in high school, she has felt drawn to serve vulnerable women and children, often encountering the presence of Jesus in the face of those who our society values least. In recent years, she has worked for the, for the Durham Ronald McDonald House and for Maggie's Place, a residential program for homeless pregnant women. She and her husband, Chris, and their three children moved to Durham from Phoenix, Arizona, five years ago. Chris is the rector of All Saints Church, where Tracy is also an active member and leads the prayer ministry. Her son is a junior at Baylor University, and her daughters are at Trinity School of Durham and Chapel Hill. She enjoys hiking, gardening, reading, visiting thrift shops, and eating long, slow breakfasts with family or friends. Tracy. Thank you all so much for having me here today. It's really a joy. This is such a treat uh, part of my job to get out into our community and see all the pockets of believers who are praying and worshiping and loving our King. It's just it's really, really encouraging. So thank you for welcoming me here today um, to celebrate this really special Sunday where churches all over our country are stopping to say, Together, we believe that human life is sacred, that all of it, that all life is a gift, no matter if it's life that's old or really young, really strong or really weak, all of it is a gift from the hand of the Creator. And, um, and that makes us different than a lot of the rest of the world right now. Um, at Pregnancy Support Services, we consider ourselves an outpost here in our community for the love and light and life of Jesus, especially um, 
as that can be reflected to women who are facing unplanned pregnancies. Uh, in the past year and a half, since um, I'm sure you all know that um, the Dobbs decision back in June of 2022, Roe versus Wade was overturned, and um, that made it possible for states to decide what to do about abortion. So North Carolina uh, changed its law, and now it's not legal anymore for women to have abortion after 12 weeks. And so we've seen a decrease in the number of abortions, a little tiny decrease in North Carolina, which is great. But in our country, we've actually seen an increase in the number of abortions. And um, we believe that it has a lot to do with the fact that the um, culture of death that surrounds abortion has had such a platform in the last year and a half um, that there have been ad campaigns saying, shout your abortion. And there have been celebrities saying, um, here's my story, you can have one too. And there are TikToks that our kids are watching about how this is your, the way to be empowered that the government's trying to take over your body. So there's just been such a movement about death being an answer. Um, and we know that a lot of women come to, with an unplanned pregnancy and they're just in, they're tormented. They're so overwhelmed by what to do with this that they weren't expecting this child. And so we know it's a difficult, and, um, but this fast track to death is just a tragedy that our nation is, is dealing with right now. And so we at Pregnancy Support Services feel like it's part of our role in our community to gather people like you all and from churches all over to say, no, we're, we're people of light, of the truth that human life is sacred to God. So thank you for being part of that mission with us. I um, wanted to share with you about one of our clients this fall who came to us um, overwhelmed by an unplanned pregnancy and everyone in her life had told her that abortion was her best bet, including her partner. And so she came and met with one of our client advocates who, who talked her through her options and she said, you are the first person, she said this to our advocate, who has not told me that abortion is the answer to this fear I'm facing right now of what to do with this baby. You're the first one. And through that conversation, through um, her free ultrasound from us, and then participating in the classes that we've had too, she has chosen to, to parent her child. So she changed her path. Um, and we know that she just needed one person, but there wasn't one in her life. And that that's the reality for a lot of women right now. There's just this sense that the only answer to, to the fear that you have when you have an unplanned pregnancy is, is um, the death of your child. So we're honored to, to have a space where we can um, give a different message. And we do that by helping women confirm their pregnancies through free pregnancy tests and ultrasounds. We also offer case management for the woman through her pregnancy and the whole year after where we know that there are hard things in the, these women's lives that need to be addressed. And we do our best to connect them to community resources and, um, and to be a friend. Our client advocates stay in touch with the women who come to us through that whole time uh, as, as a source of encouragement. Um, and so we're, we're really glad to be able to do that with the women who come to us. Um, to provide further support this year, I know you all have heard about this from Madison Smith, who works for us at Pregnancy Support Services and an active member here, and a new mom herself this week. Um, we started a program called HOPE, where we have classes um, three Thursdays a month, where local um, medical professionals are offering free um, teaching every week on different topics to help women become more equipped parents. 
And then local churches like yourself are offering a meal. And then local Bible teachers are offering a Bible study. So we have a teaching, a meal, and a Bible study that women can come to. And we are seeing such beautiful fruit from this. We're seeing women um, grow more open to the Lord. We're seeing women who are bonding with each other and developing fellowship with each other so that they have friends to go into parenting with. And we've seen them also become more excited about the little ones that they're carrying. So we're really thankful for the support churches like you guys have given to this program. And um, we hope that you'll continue with that. We have, I have um, information about it on the table outside and you can go to the QR code there to um, help us have uh, graduation gifts for the moms. That's a really big uh, gift to them to be able to get these diapers, clothes, uh, diaper bags, and even a pack and play if they do all nine weeks of the class. So thank you for your support and helping us have what we need for that. And we ask that you continue to do that so we can keep offering this to the women. Um, I wanted to give you some uh, another story uh, of a, one of our clients, a 17-year-old who came to us this fall. Um, she came with a group of friends, uh, two, or th two friends and her boyfriend. Her friends had both had had abortions before and her, were encouraging her in that direction. But she found us and came to us uh, with her boyfriend and had a good talk with our nurse. And our nurse gave her the flyer for the HOPE class and said, when you're 16 weeks along, you can come to this class. And, um, and then she left and we didn't hear from her again. She didn't respond when we reached out to her and we thought, oh no, the friends went out. They talked her into the abortion. Um, but at our January 4th class this, um, this past month, she showed up and she hadn't let anybody know she was coming. So we had to scramble a little bit. We weren't expecting her, but she came and she had the flyer in her hand and she took an Uber to get there. And she had held on to that paper that whole time, that 10 weeks, um, and the boyfriend was gone. He's not in her life anymore. And she had that and she has been a faithful uh, participant all month, coming and taking notes. And, um, and she's just had, a, I really believe that that hope class provided hope for her, uh, knowing that in a few more weeks, I'm gonna be with people who are gonna encourage me, who are gonna help me, who are gonna help me do this. And um, so I'm just so grateful that we're able to put on things like that, that help these people like her, where the, the winds around them are not pushing them toward life. And we just want to be able to have these women not have to make that choice to do violence to themselves or their little ones. So, um, so that's a fun story and we'll look forward to meeting her little one. We love to meet the little ones. And I think that picture up there, um, those are two of our babies that we got to see come in. That one in the middle was very, very at risk. And her mom is a, is a fun story because she's very gruff and, and gets frustrated with us a lot and doesn't like all the religious talk, but she keeps coming back, even now that she's had the baby. And I think she's developed, especially with Madison, actually, a really tight friendship, and Jesus is working on her. So you can pray for that little one's mom, because I think the Lord is, is coming after her um, for more than just being a mom, but for, for her salvation. So um, I just want to give you some quick numbers of how we've seen 229 clients this year, and they've made 537 visits to our center, and we've done 1,300 text, mails, emails, and calls with them. That's where a lot of the work is going on right now, is these texts and emails that we do back and forth with the clients. One more story I'll share before I wrap up here. Um, I saw a text exchange just last week with one of our volunteers and a mom who had come in, 
had her ultrasound, had her test, and was still waffling. And she texted the volunteer and said, yeah, I just, I just don't think I can do this. I think I'm just going to have to go and, and terminate. I can't do it. And the volunteer texted her through that fear she was facing and said, you, you can, you can do it. And we're here for you. And, and she's coming back in the center and she's holding on. And so you can pray for that woman too. She's still in process, but that's the work we're doing is kind of, kind of steadily walking with them, trying to push back that fear that the world is stoking and trying to be light. I was really struck by how much light there was in our worship this morning. Um, we are people of light, and this is an area where we need to keep shining with the light of God's truth that he loves human life. He wants human life. When he creates it, it's a miracle and a gift. And, um, and I just thank you guys for being part of this ministry where we'll be able to shine with his light in our community. So thank you for supporting us and thank you for having me here today. And I'll be back there if you want to um, come and talk more about different ways to help us out because we have lots of ways to get involved. Thank you. Yeah, amen. That's amazing. You know, as believers, we stand for life. We stand for light. And everyone having the best life possible, right? Which is what's so hugely important to me, right? I'm pro-life, right? I'm not just anti-abortion. I'm pro-life. I want everyone to have the best life possible, right? Whether it's reaching the homeless on the streets, whether it's helping moms choose to carry their child through, whether it's helping them understand raising that child themselves, placing that child up for adoption, right? No matter where it's at, as your pastor, I am pro-life. And I think it's hugely important for us as a church to be pro-life because I absolutely believe we see that in the clarity of Scripture. And so this morning, I just want to take a couple of minutes, and I want to talk about four reasons I believe God is pro-life. And some of these you're probably going to have heard before, uh, because some aspects of this is not new, right? <clears throat> but it's foundational for us in the fullness of the kingdom of God. And there are a lot of pastors and a lot of churches that won't take on topics like this because they're worried about other people's opinions and perspectives and all of that kind of stuff. And I want you to know as your pastor, I'm not afraid of someone that has a differing perspective than I have. I'm also not ashamed of the perspective that I have, right? In any area, I do my best as your pastor to be studied and learned and be able to speak well to what I see going on in our culture and society, and to do that from a biblical perspective. Not just a cultural perspective, but a biblical perspective. And so this morning, I wanna talk about that. I wanna talk about being pro-life. I wanna talk about standing for the fullness of life in the womb unto birth. Amen? Awesome. So number one, God calls us to choose life. Right, scripturally, God calls us to choose life. And you see this really clearly in Deuteronomy chapter 30. In Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 19, the Lord speaking says, This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death. 
blessing and curse. Now choose life so that you and your children may live, right? Choose life so that you and your children may live. Now what's important here to know is in Deuteronomy chapter 30 when the Lord is talking about this, right? If you look up that word children in the Hebrew language, right? Because the Bible was written in Hebrew and Greek translated into English, right? So, so we don't have the original language, okay? But when the Lord was using that word that we translate children there, that Hebrew word is seed. It's not just children, it's seed. The Lord says, choose a life so that you and your seed may live, right? What happens with that seed? At some point, conception. And that is where life begins, from the point of conception. And the Lord says to the Israelite people, be a set-apart people and choose life. Now, why did the Lord have to make that clear to them? Because they were getting ready to go into a region and take over a place where people did not choose life. They were getting ready to go into a place and a region where the people there regularly chose death and sacrificed their children to these different gods as signs and symbols of being accepted by them and like what that meant. A couple of years ago when my wife and I were in Israel and we, and we were on our tour there, we went by this one particular place, this one valley, and the tour guide said, this is where when the Israelites came in, and took over the land, this is where the other nations would bring their children to sacrifice them to the gods. And they said this entire valley was literally a valley of death when the Israelites took over the land. And so God says to the Israelites, I'm calling you to be different than the world that you're entering into. For you, choose life. Choose life so that your seed may live. Number two, I think scripture makes it really clear to us that God's plan begins at conception, right? I talked in Deuteronomy about that seed, but I believe you see other places in scripture, and we're going to see it in just a second here in Psalms, where the Lord talks about that creation, right? In Psalm 139, the Lord says, right, David speaking through the Lord says, for you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. Right? The Lord knit us together in our mother's womb. Right? If you're talking to someone and they're unsure about choosing life, you can let them know the baby that's in their womb, the Lord knit that baby together. And then David says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made, and your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. David says, you knew me. You knew me. He goes on to say, you created the story of my life before a single day came to be. From every child in the womb, the Lord has a plan and a purpose for their life from the moment he creates them. From that moment, the Lord has the story of their life. All of their days are written. And we see that when the Lord speaks to Jeremiah. In Jeremiah chapter 1, he says, Before I formed you in the womb, 
I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. God had appointed Jeremiah as a prophet to the nations before he ever took his first breath. The Lord's plan and purpose was built for Jeremiah while he was still in his mother's womb. And it's so important for us to know that and to understand that, that the Lord's story for our life doesn't begin with first breath, it begins with conception. The Lord writes those days for us. I have no idea what the fullness of my story is, what the fullness of, of the Lord's plan for my days are, but I know it began when he formed me in my mother's womb. I know the Lord's plan for my life started at that point. And I could give you tons of statistics. I've studied all of it about abortion in America for a long time. And I could throw out crazy numbers. But I genuinely believe, church family, some of the issues we face in our nation today is because we've been slaughtering life for decades. I believe that there were inventors that were lost to abortion. I believe there were scientists and doctors that were lost to abortion. I believe there were amazing mothers and fathers that were lost to abortion because in this nation, it has been available for so long. I think there are amazing musicians, songs that the, the Lord longed to be released that didn't make it out of the womb when a story was created by God. But as for us, as for sons and daughters of God, as for believers, we stand for life. And so when we have an organization like this, that literally one of our church members works with and works for, we not only unite with them because of that, but we unite with them in joy also knowing that, right? Like we have a direct connection with this organization because of Madison, right? And who knows that when the Lord formed Madison in the womb, that he saw the end from the beginning and knew this was going to be a part of her story. He knew she was going to help others choose a life in the midst of her, maybe not even fully understanding the journey God was going to put her on. That how many others now are gonna be on that journey because of her interaction with them or Tracy's interaction with them or, or others' interaction with them. Now that story is going to come to a full and beautiful existence. You know, my wife and I are, are, have adopted both of our daughters. This is an issue that is so near and dear to my heart. This is something I stand on so strongly because in the midst of our two successful adoptions, we've had multiple failed adoptions. And to be honest, the majority of those failed adoptions were because when that mother held her child in her arms, she chose to parent. And I will stand and believe that the Lord brought that child to the best place possible in that mother's arms. But the ones that chose us to raise their children, I believe the Lord is bringing them to the best place in bringing them to us. And so when I'm choosing to be pro-life, right, I'm choosing to say to the Lord, whether that ends in adoption or whether that ends in parenting, Lord, bring that child to the best place possible for that baby. Uh, next week, you, you'll, you'll meet pastor friends of mine from Pennsylvania. Right now, they're, they're stepping out to help a birth mom, a birth mom that, that chose to keep her child but is very overwhelmed. 
And at times, there are multiple days a week that this pastor and his wife have this baby in their home alongside this mother to help her walk out the choice she made to not abort her child, but to give that baby life. And they think of and pray for and stand with her and that child as if that baby was a part of their own family with their kids. And their kids are grown now and are you know, well on in life, but nonetheless, they're doing everything they can to stand with this mother in standing for life and the choice she made not to abort her baby. And for her at times, it's an important thing. It's a big choice. There were times when, when Sharon and I in the past would do respite care for birth moms that chose life, but were unsure yet if they wanted to choose adoption. And so we've had children in our home that we prayed for and we stood with and, and we prayed over and we believed that God would bring the best plan possible for those babies. During COVID, we had the joy of watching a family sit at our dining room table and sign all of the paperwork for a child they were adopting because they couldn't do it in a court of law because everything was shut down. And so literally they're on a Zoom call at our dining room table with the baby and the family and them choosing adoption. And I'm thinking to myself, God, this is crazy. It's crazy that in our home right now, this family is releasing this child to adoption to this family that can't get into a courthouse to do that, but they're so excited to bring this baby into their home. And we got to watch and be a part of that process. And it was a joy to me. It's also a joy to me when the mom chooses to raise that child on her own. When the father comes along and says, I'm not going to abandon you, even though I realize I'm a part of this, I'm going to stand with you, and we're going to do it together. It's important. And as a church, anytime that we hear about a situation like that, please, Please, we want to be a blessing. We want to help make that connection to give them the best avenue possible as a family. We have a fund here at the church that I would release at times to help in situations like that if I knew it meant that mom choosing life. Number three, Jesus came on the scene in the womb. You ever thought about that? We don't get Abraham's birth story in scripture, we don't get Elijah's birth story. We don't get Esther's birth story. We get Jesus' birth story, right? We don't get the apostle Paul's birth story. We don't get Peter's birth story, but we get Jesus' birth story. Do you know that the scripture makes it super clear on Jesus' birth story? And I think there's a reason for that. And that is to show us that God's plan begins at conception, so that when the Holy Spirit moved over Mary from the beginning, we see the plan and purpose of God. Even in Joseph stepping up to adopt him into his family and raise him as one of his own children. Right, Matthew 1.18 tells us, and this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. And I love that Joseph, I think Joseph doesn't get enough credit in Scripture. Because I think about Joseph's side of the story. As an adoptive dad, he wasn't a birth dad, he was an adoptive dad with Jesus. Right? But later in Scripture, who's Jesus known as? He's known as Joseph's son. Isn't this the son of Mary and Joseph? Right? He's connected to Joseph's family. Right? 
And I think it's amazing to see that the Lord speaks to Joseph and Joseph comes alongside Mary and raises Jesus in carpentry and raises him in his home. But we see the impact from the very beginning in Jesus coming into that womb and being carried forward to conception, a conception that all of heaven and earth celebrated. The fourth thing this morning that I believe is God sees a baby as a baby, whether in or out of the womb. And this is really important for us, right? The Greek word used in the scriptures we're gonna look at coming up is, is brephos. Brephos, it means baby. It means baby in the Greek language. But what's so amazing is in the Greek language, a baby is a baby, right? Whether in the womb or out, right? Luke 2, 6, and talking about, Jesus says, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, Jesus, right? The time came for brephos, for the baby to be born. And we see then the birth of Jesus. And the shepherds come, and later the wise men come, and they celebrate that birth. But you know what's so interesting is, if you go back in the same book of the Bible to Luke chapter 1, in Luke chapter 1 and verse 41, it says, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby in her womb, right, leaped. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. When she heard Mary's greeting, the baby in her womb leaped, right? Outside the womb, Jesus was a baby. Inside the womb, John the Baptist was a baby, right? In the eyes of God, he sees them all as babies because all scripture is God-breathed, right? The Lord chose to call it a baby in the womb. The Lord chose to call it a baby outside of the womb. So I absolutely believe that we see in the clarity of scripture that the Lord considers it a child in the womb and out of the womb, a baby in the womb and out of the womb. Why? Because God's plan begins at conception. From the time the Holy Spirit moved over Mary and the baby was formed in her womb, God said, that's the same as what it will be when it cries out in the night. In the eyes of the Lord, that's a baby. And I know society wants to argue, and, and listen, even society is trying to change the argument now, right? They're trying to like morph and, and adjust and, and do all this different stuff. Why? Because Satan wants to continue a society of death. And so he'll constantly adjust the language, attempting to keep it a society of death. We, as believers, have to be the voice of wisdom and righteousness and truth and morality. We can't leave it to government. We can't leave it to businesses and organizations. It has to be something that in every day of our lives, as believers, we choose to call it life. We choose to stand up for life and the best life possible. It's got to be on us. It's got to be ours, right? We don't leave it to the government to decide salvation, right? So then why do we leave it to the government to decide what saves a baby in the womb? Isn't that an aspect of salvation? That if the Lord created that child and has a plan and purpose for that child, isn't a part of that eternity with him in glory? Because he wrote all of their days before any of them came to be, and he doesn't want any to perish, but all to come to eternal life. So from the time God created that child in the womb, he intended for that to be a name written in the Lamb's book of life and someone with him forever. So as believers, we should be the first line 
of defense. When it comes to saying, I don't want to see you lose or give up that child in any way, let me come alongside you and love you into choosing life for your child. Yes, it might be difficult. And for a lot of women and men, it will be difficult. It will. It might mean struggle. But as the church, we come alongside them and help them. We connect them to pregnancy care centers. We connect them with other believers that can speak words of love and life and wisdom to them so that they choose life. And it's so important for us that in the community here at Bethel, this is something we care about, right? As your pastor, I don't want this to be something that's just near and dear to my heart and to Sharon, but as a community, I want us to be working together to stand for life. I want us to be working together to pray that abortion ends in America across the board. But listen, church family, if we overturn abortion in America tomorrow, we still have major issues in the adoption world. Adoption costs way too much in this country. I know, I've done it twice. <laughs> It cost way too much. But do you know, I've never worked with anyone who wanted to adopt that when it came time to adopt, the funds weren't there. Why? Because God's pro-life. I've never known anyone that desired to adopt that didn't have the money when it came time because the community around them poured into them to choose life. The community around them supported them in such a tremendous way that it gave them everything they needed to adopt that child. I can tell you, we had total strangers give to us when we were adopting. We, we sent newsletters out to, to friends and family, letting them know. And we had pastor friends in the Jacksonville area that put that newsletter on their fridge. And they had extended family members that saw it and said, we want to help. We want to help this family adopt. And they sent funds to my wife and I to adopt. We had friends that emptied their savings account from their wedding to give to us to adopt because they stood for life. They understood what it meant for that child to have the best life possible. And that's what's important to me as your pastor. And so I'm believing that in areas of legislation, there will be change to, to the adoption world, that it won't cost 30, 40, $45,000 to adopt a child. But I'm also believing that if it doesn't change in the eyes of the government, that it will change because the church across America will give to help people in the church adopt babies. Because there is no place children should go more than in the homes of believers. There are no people that should be in line greater than Christians to adopt children from their local community. People think all the time that my wife and I adopted from overseas. You know, uh, people come to me and be like, oh my gosh, is your daughter Ethiopian? Is your daughter Sudanese? Is your daughter... And I'm like, no, nope, my daughter's from Jacksonville, Florida. <laughs> my wife and I adopted in our backyard. <laughs> people will go to Finley and be like, Finley, where were you born? And she'll go, Orange Park. <laughs> because she was raised right there in Jacksonville. Because when the Lord spoke to us about adopting, the Lord called us to adopt locally, right? To save the children there before we started saving children in the uttermost ends of the earth. We have great friends that have adopted from Africa and Asia and different places around the world. And we supported them in that because that's what God called them to do. But for us, God called us to adopt in our own backyard. Do you know one of the local abortion clinics 
that's privately owned here in this area also owns the only abortion clinic in Jacksonville. They're directly connected by the same business. And so I can tell you this carries forward in my heart from there to here, and I am believing for the day for that clinic to be closed because they're out of business, because there isn't anyone going any longer, because we've connected people that need it with pregnancy care centers, with churches, with believers, and they have the support to choose life. Amen? Amen. Matt, would you come back up for me? In just a minute, we're going to do an offering for this ministry. And I'm believing that when our ushers come forward, you'll ask the Lord what he would desire you to give today. And I hope that everyone in the room can do something, right? It's between you and the Lord what you give. But I hope in just a moment as I pray over this offering and I pray over this ministry, that you can give in some way. If you're doing it online, if you're watching from home this morning, and I, I've heard from you know, Dan and Josie and, and Pastor Don and others who are home right now watching, and it means the world to me that you're apart with us even when you can't be here. But you can give online. Just go to the Bethel button and then you know, mark PSS right in your, in your gift and it will go to the pregnancy care center and what they're doing here, right? Their support services mean the world to us and to these women. And so, Lord, I just come before you right now, and I bless this offering, and I ask that with pregnancy support services, you would use it, that every dollar would be used in a way, Lord, that leads to life, that you would pour out wisdom, knowledge, clarity, and direction over Tracy and Madison and others that work with this organization, volunteers, that you would use them. And Lord, for other groups in our city, like those that are standing and praying on a regular basis outside of these clinics, Lord, that their prayers would be heard on high, that it would move the heavens, it would drive back darkness, that light would break forth and come. We thank you, Lord, that you are moving. We thank you that, Lord, my daughters got to see the overturning of Roe versus Wade. I never thought the day would come. But, Lord, I get to celebrate with my girls in the understanding that federally abortion has been overturned. But I pray, Lord, across the states of America that state by state there will be a shifting and a turning in those state legislatures, that if it goes to a vote of the people, that people would turn in morality and truth and protect innocent children in the womb. For this offering today, Lord, use it to, to bless. Use it to, to expand PSS and everything they're doing. We thank you for that right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead, guys. Come forward and take that up. Years ago, as they're taking up the offering, I just want to share with you for a minute or two. My wife and I worked with an organization that would travel around the nation and do big stadium events and, and would do prayer at those places and, and we would stand and believe for the Lord to overturn Roe versus Wade. But there was a simple little prayer that they taught us when we worked with that organization. 
And I just want to give it to you this morning as we're closing out, as we're in the last week of our Stronger Together fast. I want to share a simple little 22-word prayer. And it says, God, forgive my sins and the sins of my nation. End abortion and bring revival to America. God, forgive my sins and the sins of my nation. Right? Why, why would we count ourselves as a part of our nation? Simply because you see all through scripture, Nehemiah, Ezra, Daniel, Esther, they counted themselves among their people. And I believe the Lord still longs, and I'll teach someday on this, for Christians to stand among people and stand with people. So God, forgive my sins and the sins of my nation and abortion and send revival to America. I don't believe we will see revival on a grand scale as a nation when we're still allowing the slaughter of innocent life. But I believe we will see outbreaks of revival like we did last year with Asbury and, and Baylor and other places. I believe we'll see bursts of it as we choose life. As we tip towards life, I believe we will see the Lord bring great breakthroughs and, and shifts and changes. But I want to challenge you this week in your prayer time to pray that simple 22-word prayer. God, forgive my sins and the sins of my nation. End abortion and send revival to America. That you would just pray that with me. I'm, I'm going to make it my goal this week to pray it at least a couple of times a day. Last week as I was praying into service today, I would pray it. Believing for the Lord to speak and move across the board. You know, next month, we have our annual business meeting. And, and, and it's little things like this that I want to seed into your heart as we go forward together as a church, as we're looking at the bigger picture of Bethel and our missions giving and what means so much to us here in our own house. And so if you're a member of this place, please keep these different things in mind as you come into our business meeting because I believe the Lord is raising up vision here. And listen, sometimes that means change. Sometimes those changes are small and sometimes they're big, right? Just like a baby in the womb changes, right? Certain things begin at certain points and then that baby grows, right? And all of a sudden you begin to feel the shifting and the changing with the growth of that child. I believe that's what we're gonna see as a church family this year. Right, coming out of, out of our business meeting and going into the rest of the year, I believe we're gonna see the Lord growing that baby that is Bethel, that he's entrusted to us. And so it's a joy to me to be here with you looking ahead at all the different ways we can be an impact in our city and in our state. Amen. Would you just stand with me this morning? I wanna pray over you, release you this morning. Tracy will be out in the foyer. Please stop by. If you're a lady here and you, and you have the ability to volunteer time, see, ask, is there a place I can help, right? If you're a family and, and you have extra funds and, and you're considering where to put those, please stop and talk with her and see if there's a different way that you can be a help and be a blessing to that organization because we want to support them in great ways. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that today in this message, Lord, we get a glimpse of your heart for life. And as we go forth from here today, Lord, I pray over each and every one of us that you this week, Lord, you would continue to remind us 
of the power of prayer, that you would continue to remind us of the importance of standing for life, that we would lift up every baby in the womb to you, that we would pray over PSS and other organizations in our city and in our region that are standing for life, that we wouldn't back down, Lord, when we have an opportunity to be a witness, we would speak the truth in love to those around us on these issues. That your church wouldn't hide within the four walls, but in love she would be bold as a lion and gentle as a dove. I thank you, Lord, that we are a church that stands for life and that, Lord, I thank you more than that that you are a God of life, that you know the end from the beginning. And so be with each and every one of us today as we go forth from this place. Keep your hand on us, Lord. Bring us back in here tomorrow morning, Wednesday, Friday, next Sunday, to continue to celebrate together with everything that you're doing. In Jesus' name.